Good morning, everybody. Well, we're continuing on with this series on catalysts, and we are looking at ways that God speeds up our growth in life. He introduces different things into our lives that help us grow. And last week we covered the first two catalysts, which are um, practical teaching and private disciplines. And so we're going to cover two more of those today. And we all have circle, a circle of friends. All of us in this room have a group of, of, you know, friends or relationships that we interact with. And you might think that the circle of your relationships is somewhat of a random collection of individuals and personalities, like just at random. Um, it seems that way. Some relationships that we have in life have been chosen for us. Um, you know, you're dropped into a family um, you're born into a family. You don't have any choice on the matter. The kids in your neighborhood that came to play with you, um, some of them just showed up whether you wanted them to or not. And some of them wouldn't go away. And then still, uh, him again, her again. But yeah, those people in our lives, they weren't people you chose. They just show up or you show up. And all of a sudden you're relating to this circle of, of, of people. Uh, some relationships have continued because you really wanted them to continue. You chose to pour in time, invest time and resources into, into people. There's people that you met. There's friends that you met in school or at work or some other place. And you've stayed connected with those people on purpose. That's a circle that you have chosen. But the people in our lives have a way of kind of shaping us. And we tend to catch things from people all the time. We just start catching from our circle values, we catch from our family and friendship circle attitudes. We, we catch information. We just get close to people. We start catching perspective. Um, we catch sickness from people. We catch colds, the flu. We catch catchphrases. We catch humor from our circle of, of relationships. If you think about your life, no doubt you, you, you think, well, I am this way a little bit more because... I'm a little funnier because of so-and-so, or I'm a little less funny because of so-and-so. Um, you know, you can see this happening in all sorts of ways. The circle of, of relationships, it really does change us. And so you certainly see this in this video clip that we're going to watch from the movie Sandlot. Sandlot is, um, is a baseball movie. It's, about a, it's actually more than baseball, but it's about a neighborhood pack of kids that grow up together and, and share life together. But you're going to see how... Scotty Smalls, he's the new guy in the neighborhood, and he, he begins to become influenced by his circle of, of friends. And so that's just the beginning for him. He gets introduced to all sorts of things. He, he, he moves into the neighborhood. He has no real skills at baseball. I mean, if you watch the movie, you see he, he can hardly throw. He doesn't know how to throw. He, he underhands it to his stepfather. And, and he just, but through this neighborhood circle of relationships, he becomes a baseball player, and, and he develops some skills. And he gains all this knowledge, but it's not just because he acquired it. It's the people around him start influencing him. Our friendships, our work, our ministry, and our family relationships are a major way that God wants to speed growth up in our lives. This is what he does. Work, ministry, family relationships, those things speed up the growth in our life. Think about the people in your life right now. Who's, who's speeding up the growth? in your life? Who's maybe slowing the growth down? What does it look like for you? It's helpful to step back and just kind of ask, you know, 
what is God currently doing in my circle right now? How, how does He want me to relate within the circle? What does He want me to change about my relationships within the circle? Do, does He want me to widen out my circle a little further than who I'm currently relating to? Or maybe does He want me to shrink it down a little bit? Maybe I'm spread out a little too thin. Spend a little too much time relating to everybody. Maybe I need to shrink it down a little bit and focus my time. Um, in college, my, my then-girlfriend, my, my wife, who is now my wife, we, we got introduced to a circle of relationships that we weren't connected to. Um, she was real close friends with one of our professor's daughters, and, or one of our professor's daughter, who did some uh, premarital counseling for my wife and I as we were engaged. And eventually we ended up joining the church of this professor and his wife, and it connected us to lifelong mentors. Um, for the last uh, 15 years at least, we've been able to interact with a group of uh, of people, a network of relationships that God has been using to train us, to shape us, to challenge us, to correct us. And it's been a tremendous blessing through those years. And our faith has really grown through these different relationships because of just a circle that opened up. Uh, many of you, you can see the same thing. You can see the hand of God in meeting someone at school or work or in the neighborhood who, who really has helped you to grow. Maybe to come to know Christ or maybe to just really start accelerating the growth, to speed up the growth. God has He's put this together. There is no way that you and I could have arranged these things ourselves. We don't get to arrange all of our circle of relationships. God orchestrates through His sovereign hand just relationships, bumping into people, connecting, working with people, um, joining a group, being with a person you actually make a connection with that lasts for several years, maybe decades, maybe all of your life. But take a moment to just think, who are those people in my life right now? There might be some people that you'd like to trade in. As you're thinking about it, you're like, oh, there's that person. Maybe someone you'd want to just trade in for someone else. Maybe it's a coworker, could be a family member, could be someone in the church family, could be someone in a group that you're in. Just somebody you've ended up with in life. And you're like, oh, I'd really like to trade them in. Or some of the people in your circle might be a negative influence on you. Look what the Bible says. The Bible actually warns against this, 1 Corinthians 15. Paul writes this to the church. He says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So you have a person who's got good morals, high morals. They know what's right. They know what's not right. You start interacting with a negative circle. It it bleeds into our lives. In the church in Corinth, we're not going to really go into this, but some people were denying the resurrection of Jesus. And so they were denying that Jesus had actually risen from the dead. And, And... They were circulating stories that were false. And so Paul was warning people in this church to avoid the people that are denying the resurrection of Christ. And and he lays out this principle. Look, bad company, it ruins good morals. Paul's warning about, be careful who you are close to. Be careful of your relationships, of your friendships. Be careful of what you're taking in and listening. In chapter 5, if you back up in, in 1 Corinthians, you actually see Paul is essentially saying the same thing, but not necessarily about false teaching, he was telling people to not associate with people who would stop um, having a pattern of immorality in their lives. There were people that were having immorality, they were being confronted, and they refused to stop the immorality. And so in chapter uh, 5, Paul says, hey, just like yeast spreads throughout a whole batch of dough and it kind of infests the whole batch of dough, immorality will spread throughout the church. And so Paul, he writes to them, don't associate with 
the immoral person. He's saying, expel this person from among you. He's not saying, he's not saying that church is only for perfect people. What he's saying is, for those that are in the body that, that are committed, and we would say committed to the same things, they're, they're part of the team in a sense, but they refuse to let go of their sin. They refuse to, to do life God's way and let go of their sin and, 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 and head in a different direction. He says, at a certain point, you have to release them from, from the fellowship. <clears throat> and you're really entrusting them to God, that God's going to turn them around. But Paul's saying, look, pay attention. Pay attention to your circle. Pay attention to your relationships. On the flip side, God has put some people in your life who are, who are a positive influence. There's some friendships that you have, maybe people with you today, that you're like, man, I thank God for you. I thank God for this person because I'm here or because they've just invested time in me. I thank God for the way this person loves me, the way they're honest with me, the, the way that people just challenge me. Look at what God says in Proverbs 13.20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. There's, there's a promise in this. You'll become wiser. You'll also suffer harm. One way to grow in wisdom is to associate yourself with wiser people. Are you walking with with wise people? Who are you doing life with? That's a question that comes from this verse. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Hang out with fools. The word fool here in Hebrew, there's different, uh, there's five different Hebrew kind of characters that you find that can be translated into the word fool. But this one, the word kasil, it means it means someone who who takes a lazy and easy approach to life. They're foolish. They think life is so easy. It's so um, there's no consequences. I could do what I want. There's no accountability. And so the lazy liar just worms his way through life. And if we associate ourselves with a person who does that, that behavior is going to rub off on you. You know, there's all sorts of negative <laughs> behaviors that would rub off on us. Not just a lazy person, but um, certainly immorality, certainly greed. There's all sorts of things. Prejudices. Um, you know, partiality. There's just there's issues that come up that rub off on us. Your closest relationships, those who are closest to you, are going to shape your future probably more than anything else. They're going to influence your attitudes. They're going to influence your values, your perspective in life. And so take initiative. Because God cares so much about us, He cares about our growth, he, he wants us to choose to engage in these different catalysts. So catalyst three, as far as what speeds up our growth, is this. is providential relationships. They build our faith. God uses, like we said, all kinds of people to grow our faith. He, he uses people that we can serve. There's those that we can serve. There's people that we can serve with practical needs. Also, there's examples to learn from. People who are pace setters in your life. People that you really look up to. You look at their life and you think, wow, they run a little further ahead of the pack. I want to get close to them because I want to learn. I want that to rub off on me. Or there's difficult people in your life. Difficult people, um, you're not sure why they're in your circle. Why are they here? I didn't invite them here. But as this person interacts with you, what it does is also provides an opportunity for, for us to grow, for us to be gracious, for us to help difficult people, for us to bear with others. There's things that difficult people really do help us with. Um, now, on the flip side, if we are influenced negative, then we have to be very careful. But 
sometimes the difficult person is, is what God uses to really grow us, to soften us, to, to turn our hearts towards things that really matter to Him. There's also those people in your life that you can share the gospel with, that you can share Jesus with right now. We might encounter people in our lives who are looking for perspective and they're looking for truth about how do I fit into this world? And so they come and they interact with you. And this can greatly stretch our faith as those opportunities arise. He uses all kinds of people in our circles. But this is important to understand because many times we want to control who we relate to and we want to try to avoid certain people. But this, this is true about our relationships. God provides people to love not as interruptions to avoid. He, he wants us to really learn to love people. There are people in your life that you may be avoiding that God may be trying to, to use them to grow you. In fact, the Scriptures actually implore us to make relating to other people a high priority. Look at what it says in Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25. This is a passage in the book of Hebrews that gives us a category and it gives us a context of what happens when people start encouraging and challenging us. Look what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, let us consider. That means to give careful consideration or to be concerned about how to stir up or spur on one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together. This needs to be a high frequency. There are certain people that you need to be so intentional and you need to not neglect meeting with those people as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The goal from this passage is that we would spur on one another towards sacrificial love and good works. In reality, we should be encouraging each other with this edge of challenge and spurring people to move towards the important things that pleases God. And the same thing should be happening in our lives. They're challenging us to move forward. We need people to encourage us to hang in there. We need people to encourage us to not give up when we feel like quitting. We need people to, to challenge and spur us on to give of ourselves, to give more of ourselves until we bleed, it hurts, to give so much. To sacrifice. But we need people who will get in our face and remind us of the cost of loving people the way that Jesus loved us. That is so key to our growth and our development is the people in our lives that do this and that we do this in their life. This passage, what it does, is it portrays relationships with a purpose. This is very intentional. And how we should not be neglecting, but instead we should be considering very carefully and closely how to do this often. Why? Because we lose heart. Whenever we're isolated from people, we get off track. All of us can get off track very easily. This is why we need to be stirred up. This is why we need to be spurred. This is why we need to be challenged and corrected or reminded of the right direction because we all find ourselves drifting off track. And so this area of providential relationships may be the catalyst that grows you the most over the course of your life. Who are you doing life with? Who are you committing to do life with? God also wants to use this fourth catalyst. It is this. It's personal ministry. Personal ministry that stretches us beyond our own comfort. God wants us to widen out our circle at points. As we get around people, we see ways we can serve those people in our, in our circle. <coughs> Sacrificing for others, that's one key way that God works to deepen our trust. When we sacrifice, we have to trust Him and we rely on Him. I want to share a story of a well, well-known miracle. This is found in Matthew chapter 14. And it's a miracle that Jesus performed during His ministry on earth. And in this miracle, the main miracle of the story is that Jesus fed thousands of people with only five loaves of fish and, and or five loaves of bread, five loaves of fish, five loaves of bread and two fish. And that's the incredible part about the story, you know. 
loaves of fish. That's the incredible part. He performs this miracle. But there's actually another lens that I want to look through today as we view this story. I want you to see how Jesus was relating to his disciples in this interaction, starting at verse verse 15. It says, Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send, he's telling, they're telling Jesus, send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. It says, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 basketfuls full of the broken pieces left over. Verse 21 says, those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. The bottom line here, the disciples, they were done helping people. It was a long day of ministry. And they say, Jesus, send everyone home so everyone can get some food in them. I'm hungry. You know, Peter, you know, he's hungry. So-and-so, he's hungry. We're hungry. Send everyone away so... So they can go eat. This is a desolate place. What they were doing was they were done helping people. They were telling Jesus, we're done. We're done. And, and they were providing Jesus with basically the details of why they were done. And they start going through. They had some boundaries. And, and they were at the limit of what they thought they could handle. Jesus, this is a desolate place. This desolate place, meaning we need to get out of here. <laughs> the sun set. We need to get we need to get to a safer place. This is kind of a desolate place, Jesus. It's late in the day, they're saying also. We're tired. We're hungry. All these people are hungry. Let them fend for themselves. Help us you know, get out of here so we can fend for ourselves as well. We've got to take care of ourselves, Jesus. I imagine they were pretty pleased with the case that they had built for Jesus, but then all of a sudden, Jesus, instead of granting their request, he challenges them. He says, not only do the crowds not need to leave, but you says to the disciples, you all, you all should feed them. Now there's 5,000 men, and that's not counting the women and children, and there's Jesus and his 12 disciples. Jesus gave the disciples the responsibility to feed the crowds, feed the multitudes. And he didn't let them off the hook in this instance. This is a really interesting story. Why would Jesus do this to a group of hungry and tired men? Men love to eat. They're not thinking about the interests of all these other men and these children and women, they're thinking about their own stomach and the growling in their stomach. Maybe right now you're like, me too. I can feel the hunger. But Jesus was not only interested in taking care of those people who had gathered, but he was also interested in growing the faith of his circle. He, he wanted to grow the faith of his closest followers and his companions. Jesus knew they can't do it on their own. These disciples, they can't do it on their own. Their resources are limited. They're going to have to Ask me for help. They're going to have to depend on me. And I don't know about you, but this story encourages me because as I see Jesus perform this miracle, I can relate to the disciples. Many times, I put a limit on what I can do to help other people. I put a limit. I say, God, this is how far I'm willing to go today or this week or this month. I've done one thing this month, God, for someone. Or I did one thing last year. I'm good for a decade, right? Or I'm good for the week. I'm good for the month. Um... I can put a limit just like the disciples were doing that. And I, I can sometimes say, God, I don't, want, I don't want to serve right now. I don't want to extend myself right now. 
But a great way to get started in responding to these two catalysts of providential relationships and personal ministry is to start here with this. Take an inventory of your relationships. Take a moment, and this is kind of like a little project. Do this together. Take a moment and take take an inventory of the circle of your relationships right now. Think through the people in your life right now. Who's in your circles? Just write the names there. Take a moment. Who are the people that come to your mind? Just jot down some names. Who are those closest to you in your circles? Long pause, intentionally. Because I want you to try to do this. Who's in your circles? Who do you need to serve? You see, the multitude needed food. That was their need. The people that were around them at that point, they needed food. Those were their needs. What what are the needs of those people in your circles? Maybe jot down, Bob needs lawn mode. I've seen it growing. I could do it. John needs gopher traps set. He can't kill those gophers. I'm going to help him out. We'll go get some smoke bombs today. We're going to smoke those things out today. This guy's fence fell down. This guy needs some painting. I've got paint. I've got arms. I can paint, you know. This guy needs his grocery or garbage cans. Garbage cans, groceries. I don't know how to confuse that, but he needs his garbage cans pulled back up to his curb. What can I do? Or, or on even more, these friends, these close friends of mine need some babysitting. These, these people need some money. These, these people need to listen, someone to just listen to them. What are the, you know, who do you need to serve right now? This changes. If you go month to month, this is going to change, isn't it? What about this next question? Who do you need to share Jesus with? Who's running so far away from God and you're just like, man, they're just off on their own? On their own trail, they're trying to chart out their own course. Who do you need to share Jesus with? Write down their names. Coworkers, neighbors, people that you know are just far from God and that, that they want nothing to do with Him. But you have a relationship already. They're in your circle. Write their names down. Who do you need to share with? Who comes to mind? Is there a friend? Is it a neighbor? Is it a coworker? Is there an opportunity where you are recently immersed into a new circle and you're meeting people that you, you think, you know, I could share with them. I could get to know with I could get to know them, build some trust, and begin to share. Are there people missing? As you look at your list here so far, are there people missing that you need to add to your circle of relationships? Also, do you need to get in a group? We've been talking about the priority of of small groups and the importance of interaction. Groups are for circles. See, you're all in rows right now. We can only get so far when we're sitting in rows. But when you turn and you face each other and you start interacting with each other in a circle, things begin to happen. You begin to open up and share. How can you be more intentional to meet people who, who really need Jesus? Sharing Christ is like planting seeds. It's like planting things. Sometimes we plant things and, and, and then we just wait for the growth. And in, in, in the Christian faith, we plant seeds. We start serving people. We start sharing with people. We're planting seeds of faith. And we just wait for God to bring about the growth. I've planted a few things in my yard. Sometimes it does really well and sometimes they do horribly and, but I, I'm not in control of that. I need to be faithful to keep sowing seeds, serving people, sharing with people, while God, He works to give faith or to grow it. In reality, here's just one final thought. Your faith will not be catalyzed in your comfort zone or your current circle alone. It won't be. He's going to keep widening out our circle, or He's going to do something you know, to, to stretch us beyond just like Jesus and his disciples. We have limited resources and time, 
and we have a limited number of relationships. How many relationships do you think you can have at a given time? You don't have the ability to keep an unlimited number of relationships and really focus on anyone. You have to make choices. And so taking an inventory like this, it helps us to see our current reality. And we can never make any adjustments until we actually take an honest look to see where we're currently standing in this area. Um, I want to invite the worship team to come back up and to, and to lead us. Uh, you notice we have put some post-it notes in your bulletin. There's a, there's a stack of post-it notes in your bulletin. You should have ten or maybe five or a few. These are for you. If you've identified people in your circle who you can serve or you can share Jesus with, would you write their initials on and what you can do? If it's Bob Smith, then write BS serve. Okay, maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> if it's Bob Thompson, you could say BT serve. If it's uh, Larry Johnson, LJ, I need to share with Larry, LJ share. Okay? If you, if you just take a look at your list right now and just put an initial, one post-it note, just put a person's name or initials. BT, share. BT, serve. No more Bob Smith. <laughs> I want you to do this. And as we're singing this next song, just to kind of illustrate so we can get a sense of the impact that we could make together, would you write down just on those individual post-it notes, just their initials, and write the word share or serve. Also make sure you've jotted that down in your listening guide. And then as we're singing this next song, would you get up out of your seat and go stick it on the wall? Stick it on the wall between that, kind of the area of where that felt is by the windows, down to that chair rail, so that middle section. Just stick it on the wall beside you. Just to kind of illustrate the type of impact we could make if we decided to break out of our circle. So let's do this together as we sing. So if you look around... I don't know if it's quite a multitude, but there's, there's, there's a handful of needs. There's a handful of people to share with. There's a handful of people to serve. And that's just for the people that got up. And I know that there was some that were like, well, you know, it's up there mentally. And so, <laughs> so we could just like the disciples, we could just say, you know what? It'll take care of themselves. We've got our own stuff to take care of. And so, but Jesus would say, look, you take care of these things. You feed them. Give them something to eat. I don't know what it is that you wrote on these sticky notes, but um, I want to encourage you to take these steps this week. Serve, share. Take out that connection card and finish filling that out. Our ushers are going to be receiving our offering in just a moment. And take a look at these three next steps. I'm hoping that you jotted some sort of an application step down. You can bring all three up on the PowerPoint. These are just a few suggestions you can, you can do in addition to what we've already kind of covered this morning. And um, ushers, you can go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Thank you so much for giving this morning. Thank you for, for those of you who give online or mail it in. Thank you for just being uh, in support of Orange Crest Community Church. These different events coming up, your giving is really making a difference. It allows for us to do these different things that we do year-round. So the new Who is God series and the donuts and the Lyft coffee, to be able to pay for those things, our giving that really uh, makes it possible to do those types of things. So thank you for participating in that. And um, don't forget to check in with Scott at the back 
guest information table if you are on the edge about a small group. He would love to just, um, he's not going to force you into a group. Um, he, he's right. We would love to see everybody participating, but he would love to help you fit. Find a place where you would, would fit. And so <clears throat> let's go ahead and stand as we close out with this final song. <clears throat>